Hello foodies, welcome to episode 5 of the Breaking Bread podcast. Hope you're all well, hope you're all sticking to your New Year's resolution. Thanks for all that listened to our last episode, the review of Pinnell's with me and Carl. Um, really had great feedback. Thanks to everyone who gets in touch with us on social media for a bit of support and feedback. We really do like hearing it, good and bad. We're always looking to learn and looking to improve, make this a lot better for you. Food-wise, been very lucky lately to have tried quite a few different places. Probably had the best Italian I've ever had last week at Laghi's Deli. It's up at five by five ways in Birmingham. I'm still dreaming about the octopus linguine right now. Also went to Tiger Bites Pig, checked that place out, grabbed some bao. I'm absolutely obsessed with bao at the minute. I'm seeing them everywhere. I actually done a little write-up about this place. It was absolutely superb. You can find that write-up and all the food write-ups that I do and actually the show notes to these podcasts, you can find it all on our website. It's breakingbreadpodcastuk.blog. On to today's episode. It's an episode which I really enjoyed recording. Julia, or Juju, and Beatrice, a mother and daughter dream team, who own and manage one of Birmingham's favourite restaurants, Juju's Cafe. It's often referred to, and rightly so, as the best brunch in Birmingham. Juju aims deliver fantastic fresh wholesome food all prepared in-house by the talented chefs with the warmest and most welcoming customer service around jujus really do aim to make every customer feel like they are part of the jujus family and after chatting with julia and beatrice that's exactly how i felt their story really is brilliant and you will want to visit here after listening to this to experience the warmest of welcomes and the tastiest comfort food for yourselves so i'm not going to talk much longer Give it up for Juju's. So today we're here with Beatrice and Julia from Juju's Cafe. Hello. Hello. I'd like you to start by just introducing yourself and telling us, obviously, Beatrice, what you do here and what you do here as well, Julia. Okay, so um, I'm Beatrice. I run Juju's Cafe, um, the day-to-day kind of managerial stuff. Um, and then this is Julia, Juju. Hi, um, I'm the owner of the business and uh, sole investor. Um, I guess I manage the business, um, not the day-to-day stuff, but um, more looking after the accounts, making sure the company is safe, making sure our food's safe, making sure we've got a great menu um, to give to our customers and product development with our menu, which is very much driven by our customers through feeding our customers, asking for their feedback and um, researching any new ideas we have with all of our loyal customers. How would you say you engage with the customers? Do you, do you read like your trip, uh, TripAdvisor reviews? And- yeah, so we always, every week, I read through TripAdvisor reviews and replies. But to be honest, we have a great relationship with our customers. It's very informal. Um, all of our customers live very close to us. Most of them can see us from their balconies. So. Yeah. Um, they'll always tell us, you know, what they liked, what they think we can improve on the menu, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we have a really great relationship with them. I'd actually heard stories of um, some of the residents around there coming down in their pajamas to get yeah, breakfast. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, come and pick up their breakfast, bless them. But yeah. that, that's exactly what Gigi says. It should feel like you know you're home from home. Yeah. Well, I read formal. I read that. I was very jealous. Of <laughs> Room service with a difference, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the next step. Just yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you start, Jujus, Julia? Um, it was in 2009, at the height of the recession. 
Um, I'd come out of industry. I was in uh, property development. My last uh, development role was as a director of uh, Red Row Homes. Um, decided after a lifetime of corporate um, work in construction uh, that I wanted to do something very different. So I sat down one day and wrote down everything that I loved in life, which went something like this people, wine and food and entertaining. So consequently, every arrow um, pointed to the restaurant business. Um, Then the premises that we're currently in was on the market, so um, that was negotiated. But even though it's a passion of mine, my main frustration was being a local uh, resident as well as having a business here. And being very, very busy at work, I found it extremely difficult to find a quality restaurant or cafe, in a, in a European sense cafe, to eat at, which offered good, fresh, homemade food. Um, I found that there's there was a massive uh, chains with... Um, uh, which have their place for sure, but uh, the food just doesn't really suit me. Um, and then there's, you know, the upper end of the market, which is quite expensive and not really, oh, I'm hungry, I've just come from work, I'm quite tired, I want to pop out and have something to eat. It didn't fall into that category. So um, Juju was, was born out of frustration of not being able to get good, fresh, wholesome, home-cooked food and my career and passion um, for for the industry. Excellent. Um, so was food always a big part of your life? It's always been a big part of my life. It's uh, I come from a farming background. Um, certainly when all the children were at home, uh, we were self-sufficient in terms of um, vegetables and meat. We even used to uh, churn our own butter. Um, So I've always grown up with good, hearty, fresh food. Um, And, and, you know, when you grow your food and when you make your food, that gives you an insight into, into food. So the end result when it's prepped will always be better because you really do understand what you're dealing with, you know, from the seed to the plate, really. Um, or, or, or from the, the cow or the lamb to the plate. Um, you really do understand what, what you are dealing with. Where was the farm? Uh, Berthloyd Farm, which is in South Wales, near Abitair, uh, just on the edge of the Brecon Beacons. Um, they, uh, uh, they raise cattle, still there today, my, my nephew, um, and has had, uh, many, prize bullocks at Bithwell's farm um, and when when he does go to slaughter uh, with some of his his stock uh, we usually pop down and uh, get a bit of prize meat for Juju's too so nice yeah and um, so uh, how long ago did you move to Birmingham um, I came to Birmingham in about 2004 I think something like that yeah it's a yeah, bit, bit different to the farm life. Yeah, yeah. Well, I came via London. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was in London for years, and then I moved to Birmingham. Um, but I, I go home very, very regularly. Um, 
you know, it's a great leveller from city life, really. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, yeah. My family are all from uh, a farm over in Ireland. So oh, right, okay. My, my dad still lives on the farm, so yeah. it's, it's nice to get over there and just get away from there. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, I don't think there's much phone signal where he lives, or he definitely doesn't have much of a, a Wi-Fi signal, <laughs> yeah. so it's nice to get but over there. But it's nice, isn't it? And, and I, I think, think when you do get back to that sort of environment... Um, Oh, I don't know. I think things kind of melt away a bit. You know, they become insignificant, and you're just, you know, another another ant in the system, really. Yeah, yeah. I think it makes you appreciate as well, like where the food comes from, and yeah, it makes you. I don't know if it's because you're more relaxed or something, but food seems to taste better. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it probably does taste better. Um, you know, uh, I think in a farming community, the produce is usually very local, usually very fresh. And um, generally speaking, you know, through my experience of knowing lots of farmers in Wales, um, they're not fancy eaters. They're, they're very basic meat, veg uh, and potatoes. But by God, it's got to be good meat, veg and potatoes. Um, so I think, you know, albeit simple palates, they're very dis- disconcerting with their, with their food. I think... Yeah. What you just said about simple, but doing the simple things excellently yeah. is really what shines through here at Juju's. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's very much, uh, very much where I'm coming from. And I, I also think, you know, we have so many um, types of cuisine in our country, which is fantastic. It's great to have such a choice and such a varied choice. But I think it's also important to kind of hold on to a bit of tradition as well because, you know, not many people do offer good British hearty home-cooked cuisine at a reasonable price, you know, from anywhere in, in Great Britain, whether it be Ireland, Scotland, Wales or England, you know, you'll always find uh, iconic dishes on our menu which which are very British and prepared in a very traditional way. Do you design the menus yourself, or do you have a chef? Yes, pretty much. I uh, I work with two chefs at Gigi's, um, but I I tend to design the menus myself because after starting the business and identifying where the gaps were, um, I wouldn't want to move away from that. I guess I guess I'm the the keeper and the soul of Gigi's. And I wouldn't want to move away from that um, that original proposition, great British food at a reasonable price. Yeah. And mm. um, Beatrice, uh, just like to ask you now, um, what was, what's it like being part of a successful family-run company? Yeah. I mean, first of all, obviously it's great um, because you feel you have so much ownership um, over the products you offer. We've got such a fabulous team here. Um, Lucy, um, who's our head chef in training, who's been with us five, six years. Six years. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's like one of the family. Um, and then the rest of the team um, who helps out have been here for years and years. Um, so it really is a lovely community. It's a lovely family and everyone puts their heart and soul into what we do. And so, it shows. <laughs> yeah, we, we just try and make sure that everyone who walks through our front door just feels like they're at home. They're having good old-fashioned comfort food um, and they can really relax. 
and, and they, they get a hug. And yeah. they get a hug. Or a coach. <laughs> and a coach. <laughs> and they get a coach. <laughs> yeah, so they've got to feel comfortable and, you know, just have some great food. Yeah. Did you always know that you were going to come and work here in Juju's or? I think I resisted it for quite a while. So I uh, did my uh, degree in English literature. And then when I graduated, I did a lot of traveling um, and, and working in other places, um, studied languages, things like that. Um, I actually came back to Birmingham and I was working elsewhere. And mum asked me to come back to Gigi's and work for her um, full time. And um, I was a bit reluctant. And you said, if um, I said, buy me a unicorn and then I'll come back and work for you in a kind of joking sense. But we did the refurb here, as you can see, and on the wall behind you is a unicorn. So she sent me a photo and uh, I said, right, okay, I'll hand in my notice, here I come. <laughs> don't um, do things by half. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll put I a don't, photo up in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> sure I, don't, um, I don't regret it at all. You know, I, I love the thrill that a restaurant can bring. You know, when you're busy, when there's lots of pressure, when food's rolling out the pass in the kitchen and you can tell every every plate of food you put down, everyone's, you know, happy and it's all... <gasps> And, you know, how's it tasting? And everything's so positive. It's, it really is a buzz. Um, and I haven't found it in any other trade or place I've worked in. So I do love it. I think it's hard once it's in the blood. It's hard to get yeah. away from yeah. it. Yeah, it keeps going. Yeah. And, and it's right. It does, does get under your skin. Mm. It does get under your skin. Yeah. I, I think there are people that are made to work in hospitality um it's it's jolly hard work and we all work very long hours um and i think if you didn't absolutely love what you did um it would probably kill you if i'm honest Mm -hmm. you know you've got to love it you've got to have a passion for it Mm -hmm. because it's not for the it's not for the (laughs) faint-hearted you can't fake it here like no you can't fake it what do you attribute to juju's success why do you think the place has been so successful. What do you think? I think it's because it's so personal. Yeah. We know all of our customers by name. Um, we never forget a face. We understand our customers, what they like, what they don't like. Um, our service, I mean, we'll go above and beyond to make sure our customers get the right dish or a dish that they want. Um, I mean, I'm... I'm uh, I think it's about service and it's about very personal service and it is about loving our customers. Um, our food is excellent. You know, it's a great plate of wholesome fresh food. But over and above that, it is very, very personal um, service. And I think that's probably a lot of our, why we have been so successful. And passion, you know, it shows through the team. Yeah. Yeah, and I love the fact that lots of customers have become our friends yeah. over the years, like um, Evelyn, um, who comes to see us very regularly, two, three times a week. I call her Auntie Evelyn now. She's known me yeah. since I was 15. Yeah. Um, we've got another customer, Dale, who's become a friend quite recently, who hurt his leg, so we've been delivering him food. He broke his leg. He yeah. lived upstairs. He couldn't move for he weeks. He couldn't move, you know, so we've been feeding him. We're trying food upstairs for him. It's that kind of care and that kind of personal service I love mm. because, you know, if you worked in, in a different restaurant, perhaps in a big chain, I'm not sure if you, you would be allowed to, to do that, to give that personal service. But here, you can. You can really be yourself. So, yeah, it's, it's special. I mean, we've had some regular customers call us on a Saturday morning 
Um, and they have been absolutely hanging. So much so that they can't <laughs> even put their slippers and dressing gown and get downstairs to us. And it goes something like this. Gigi, hello, who am I speaking to? Oh, it's Adrian. Oh, hi, Adrian. Did you have a good night? Yes. Can you send up a full Monty? Which we do. That's it. It's sent up. It's done. Um, so, yeah, I don't think you would get that level of, of service anywhere else, really. Definitely not. Yeah. No, it's brilliant. Yeah. Talking about what's on the menu, uh, what would you say was the best dish on the menu? What's your favourite? Oh, that's a really hard one. I would say our cheesy Welsh rabbit um, on the starter menu. It's so our lovely homemade Yorkshire puddings, which are volcanic. Yeah, a <laughs> big, they're all mismatched. Um, and then we have our cheesy rabbit sauce, and we put a bit of whole grain mustard and sweet chilli running through it, and it's just to die for. It's so nice. Um, I probably eat that far more than I should. <laughs> um, and then for mains, what would you say? What's your favourite main? Oh, I, I love the kokaliki, mm. um, which is a very, very wholesome dish. Um, it's it's Scottish. Its origins is Scottish. Um, and it's not a complicated dish, but it's a time-consuming dish because... We boil lots and lots of chicken carcasses to get a really, really, really good chicken stock. So we can boil these carcasses for seven or eight hours, um, and then we drain off, off the bones, and then we slowly reduce that stock um, for use in our chicken gravies with our, our Sunday roast, and also with the cockaliki. So we've got a really good base stock of chicken, Added to that are some root vegetables, some potatoes, and um, a really decent piece of chicken in the middle. So it's a broth, but it's a meal. And I think this time of year, um, you know, it's it's, it's a good plate of food. Yeah. I like our beef stew as well. Actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah which is gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say the cockaliki goes really well with our strong cuppa cocktail. Um, so, which is a cup of tea, some uh, honey, a little bit of fresh lemon, and a double shot of vodka. And those two in combination will cure any flu or any cold. Mm. <laughs> it is known. <laughs> that's, a new, that's a new one to me. I've, I've heard, obviously, a whiskey in the tea, but ne- never the uh, vodka. <laughs> Have two strong peppers and you'll forget all about your yeah, cold. cold. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying there about make, boiling the bones, making your own... St- that goes a long way. That's that's a massive effort, and, and I think it reflects in the food. Yeah. Were you ever tempted just to think, oh, I could just go and buy this? No, nope, not at all. Uh, and I think for two reasons. I think with, um, you know, the paste and the bullions, I guess you're thinking, thinking about. Um, yeah. I mean, people can tell. People can tell if it's if it's proper or not, you know. Whilst we're not really a nation of cooks anymore, but people understand what's good and what's not so good. And when they taste our stocks and taste our gravy, it tastes very different to, you know, the bistos and the oxos and this sort of thing. And they love it. They really enjoy it. And then I tell them how we go about making our stock with chicken. We also do the same for um, a vegetarian stock. And we do a beef stock, which involves boiling lots and lots of veal bones. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's incredibly time-consuming. 
But to make your own stock and get that end result, you, you can't replace it with powder and all of the awful chemicals that go into that as well. You know, it is what it is. It is chicken stock. It is beef stock. End of, really. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say to, to both of you? What's the, your favourite part of your job and your least favourite part of your job? Well, for me, my favourite part is definitely interacting with customers. So, I mean, we have really regular customers here, and if you don't see them, I kind of panic. And think, oh, God, we call them. What's happened to Are you, you okay? <laughs> you Are know, we leaving them? Are you all right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing you for a couple of weeks. And um, that's not to bring them back into Juju's. That is a genuine concern. Yeah. Are you okay? Are you yeah. being fed? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's come across um, in this whole interview, yeah. is how much you actually care yeah. for the customers. Yeah. But so. that's one thing I just love about here, because we have so many regular customers, um, you know, you know everyone who walks through the door. Yeah. And that's what, you know, we opened when I was 15 years old and it just feels like home. Yeah. Um, so that's my favourite part of the job. Yeah. Oh, and of course, tasting all of the food. Can't miss that. <laughs> Do you mean eating all of the food? Yeah. I, I, think have, <laughs> I don't think we have the art of tasting in no. Gigi's. We definitely it's have the art of eating. <laughs> <laughs> the... Um, I, th- I think for me, it's it's um, customers, of course, one hundred percent. But it's it's my kitchen. You know, it is the dishes. Um, it is the you know putting a fabulous plate of food together that you just know is going to delight your customer, and actually seeing my customers eat the food and thoroughly enjoy it. And if they clear their plate, you know, that's the best job satisfaction in the world for me. Yeah. Um, I guess coming from uh, an Irish-Welsh background, um, I'm definitely a feeder of people. Don't get me wrong, I'm an eater too, but I'm definitely a feeder. So um, that for me is just, uh, is just everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But I love my kitchen. And then uh, least favourite part, I mean, for me, I'd have to say it's all the cleaning. Oh, there is just oh, it's just yeah. never ending from the kitchen to front of house you know to to everything there's every day there's you should say three hours worth of cleaning yeah. well you have to keep on top of it in the restaurant business and yeah. um, when I'm, I'm pleased to say um we've been open for nine years we've had numerous uh environmental health inspections as most restaurants do and each time we've scored the maximum which is five h's I don't have a fancy kitchen. It's not um, up there with all the fancy equipment and everything else. You know, it's probably pretty basic, really. But by God, it's clean. It's well managed. Um, our food is safe. And, uh, you know, we're very much compliant. And I don't think there's an excuse for any restaurant business not to achieve five H's. Yeah. yeah, I remember when um, Mum first opened the restaurant. I was about, uh, I was a lot younger, and I was the pot wash. So I started off in pot wash, and uh, I worked Saturdays. No easy ride for you then. No. <laughs> <laughs> I worked Saturdays and Sundays um, because I was at school in the week, um, and every Sunday at around five o'clock, this whopping great gravy dish that was almost as big as me. A cold run. Yeah. A cold run. Rolling into the pot wash. The stock. The stock um, dish. The stock oh pot. my God, I remember scrubbing it for yeah. bloody ages every weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the stock pot. Luck- yeah. Luckily, I don't have to do that anymore and I'm yeah. very thankful. Well, I'm pleased to say you were you were just a little girl then, so you could fit into the pot yeah, quite easily to, to scrub the inside. <laughs> <laughs> 
We did it take it off the heat at the time, so you were yeah. quite lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Has there been any tough times or times when things just haven't gone to plan or you've got into a bit of spot and bother? And, and if so, how have you learned from them? Um, the first few years after opening Gigi's, as I said, we opened in 2009 at the height of the recession, um, which uh, was reported as being the worst recession since the Second World War. Um, and uh, Gigi goes and opens a restaurant business. Um, so the first couple of years were very, very, very hard. Um, and a lot of people, I think, might have thrown the towel in after the first year or two years. But I have such a solid belief in what I was doing um, and where I wanted to be with Gigi's. Um, I just kept going and just kept going and just kept going and trying different things and trying to find uh, a methodology that worked. And I have tried lots of different things over the years, but it all comes back to good British wholesome food. And I think now that we've found that niche, uh, we'll experiment within the, the, the Britishness of food. But I don't think we'll ever be going away from that because that's what works for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd like to ask you both your thoughts on the food scene in Birmingham in general. Uh, any restaurants that you like going to? Or... I think Birmingham's so exciting at the moment. There's some great restaurants. Yeah. I mean, one of our favourites is El Boracho. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, Yeah. Which is amazing Spanish tapas, um, like amazing sangria, great cocktails. Yeah. Um, so that's like a favourite. Yeah. Um, Actually, there's a restaurant just up the road here um, in Grosvenor Street West. It's called Mellows. It's a Caribbean restaurant. Um, we've been there two, three times. Yeah. Yeah, um, and they do the most amazing curry goat. Um, food is fresh. The guys that own it, Mellow, who's also one of the, sh uh, the chef there. Um, we've been a few times. We've had a yeah. great experience every time, haven't yeah, we? Great. Um, we've done the fine dining bit, haven't we? We've probably been to most restaurants in mm. Birmingham over the years, but... Um, it's not really our style. It's not really our style, we're, no. We're, we're eaters. Like we're too greedy. We're good at tasting. I also think as well, low-key wines. Um, so I live in Eggshwasser and they've just opened up a new like wine and deli. Uh -huh. there and it's, it's really good. Yeah. It's really, really good. And I'm doing my wine tasting courses. Uh, with them as well, which is amazing, so I can't recommend them enough. I mean, curry-wise, I quite like Pushkas on Broad Street. Um, mm. uh, we've never had a bad experience there, no. have we? We've had very good experience yeah. at, at Pushkas. Um, well, probably some of the best cocktails in Birmingham, I would say. This is too good. <laughs> and, and, and a very, they all will always have a very good Chablis as well. Um, Seems to be a fair man. Julia yeah. mentions a restaurant and you say... Great cocktail. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we've got our favourites, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. 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 I think mean, because we're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays, those are our only two nights for going out. Yeah. So, yeah, we definitely have our favourites, and you know the places we know we're going to get a really good plate of food yeah. and some good wine. Yeah. Equally as important. I don't know how it changed so fast, but it feels like so many. Overnight, people have realised if you do real 
food, mm. use good ingredients, make it from scratch. Yeah. People seem to be turning towards that and turning yeah. away from the old chains and yeah. mass produced stuff. I don't yeah. know. I it feels like in the last kind of few months that's Yeah, happened. I think it's been a long time coming for Birmingham. Yeah. Because, I mean, we opened nearly 10 years ago and there's no, there was no kind of cafe mm. culture or culture of independence that in much here. It was mainly chains in the city centre. Mm. And then you kind of had your Mosley, your King's Heath, and maybe a Harbour going up. That's yeah. it. Whereas now, um, places are cropping up all the time. And it's so great to see. You know, it's so amazing to be able to go out and get a great cup of coffee or somewhere that, you know, grinds their own beans or something. Because yeah. in Birmingham, even three, four years ago, you wouldn't have been you able to You could have got a that. decent cup of coffee. Yeah. Whereas if yeah. you look at, you know, London, Brighton, Bristol, Nottingham, Manchester, they all have it already. So I think it's been a long time coming. Mm. for Birmingham but we're really excited it's it's here it's great it's great news for the people of Birmingham yeah the um but I think coming back to the food aspect as I said I don't you know we're not a nation of cooks anymore um regardless of the um food education programs cookery programs on tv um people are cooking less um but that doesn't mean to say that um, people are not discerning about what they eat and I think there is a, there is a fear of processed, manufactured foods, and rightly so. And I think it is important that you know what you're eating, you know what the ingredients are, <coughs> and, you know, just look at the Mediterranean, for goodness sake, you know, very little is processed there. France, uh, if you look at other areas of Europe... You know, it comes back to good, hearty, localised dishes. Um, um, you know, with the exception of a bit of parmesan and chorizo, maybe. At the end of the day, it's all hearty, good, fresh food. You know, very yeah. few. It, it may have changed in the last few years, but not as much as we have. Um, at the end of the day, people cook and to be absolutely frank if you if you kind of plan your menus and you get your raw ingredients you can cook a pretty decent meal in 20 minutes for goodness sake it's not you know it's not rocket science yeah. maybe i'll start a cookery school <laughs> <laughs> funny you should say that we'll probably start wrapping up soon because we're close to the half hour but yeah um, have you any plans for the future maybe a sec have you ever considered opening a second juju's or we have, Maybe we have babies. discussed it, haven't we? <laughs> we but have. I think one, one of the difficulties we've come across is, you know, if we open up a second location, we'll be stretched between the two. And I don't want to lose that connection with our customers. Um, because when it's a family business, and when you've got people that have worked in the business for so long, um, it's very personal. And suddenly if you get too big too quickly, it's not as personal. Yeah. So I think we need to talk about a solution to that. Um, a little bit more before we kind of stretch our wings and go a bit further. I, I guess for us, it's um, it's passion and customers first, and it's financial reward second. Um, you know, if we were chasing the cash, we could have opened three or four jujus by now, but I'm not sure whether that's our style because I'm unsure whether we could spread that passion um, and skill yeah. I have to be convinced <laughs> um, lastly where can we find this is obviously to Beatrice where can we find you on social media 
Um, so you can head to our Facebook page, Juju's Cafe Birmingham. Um, our Twitter handle is at Juju's Cafe One. Um, we're also on, on Instagram, um, Juju's Cafe Beham. Um, and that's it. You can also leave us a wonderful TripAdvisor review if you've come to see us recently. Um, and that's it. So yeah, definitely drop, drop me a tweet if you've got any questions or anything else. Yeah, I'll um, put, just I'll, let us know. I'll put all of that in the uh, show notes. So there'll oh, be brilliant. links so people can just click on. Brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's about it. Thanks very well, much. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you. Well, that was brilliant. Big thank you to Julia and Beatrice for giving their valuable time. I really did have a lovely chat. If you've not been to Juju's yet yourselves, get yourself down there and experience for yourself. It really is something special. Our next episode is something a bit different. Instead of just chatting about uh, one restaurant like we usually do, me and Carl have decided we're going to have a little bit of a chat about our fa- one of our favourite areas in Birmingham, um, Kings Heath. It's a place that's really changing and it's got few great bars a few good restaurants a couple of coffee shops and even a great two two great bakeries now it's a place that's on the up it's turning into a bit of a foodie paradise be sure to give us a follow on social media i'll put all the links up in the show notes i'll also put all the no- um, links to juju's social media and to their website on the show note uh, you'll also be able to find them as usual on our website please feel free to get in touch with us on social media we really do like to have a chat with you like to meet all the people who are listening to us um, we love hearing a bit of feedback yeah, we just we really appreciate all of you who listen to us so um, thanks for listening until next time take care